What's up, yo? This is 50 Cent. What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. What's going on? It's your boy Drizzy Drake, and you are now rocking with my homie, my homie. Hey, it's Miss J here to remind you the new season of Miss J in the Morning Live airs this fall. Check out this next episode rated as a top fan favorite. Feel free to download to create your own playlist filled with the best moments on Pumps Radio. It's with Jay in the morning. Blog Talk Radio.
And mm-hmm. so the first thing that when you go in and talking about hope and change, it starts with your mind. You got to change your mind first. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make one of our, one of our main models that we have at the Dome of Hope is making hope a reality. And so first you have to have that imagination. And he said, some may call me a dreamer, and I'm not the only one. So that gives you hope that there is other people out there with the same likeness and mindsets that want to see a greater tomorrow, that want to see a better world, not just mm-hmm. United States, but a better world and the better people that we can live our greatest lives. So that song, although it was in the 70s, is still relevant today. Truth, truth, hope in the black community. Now, you touched on something very important and that a lot of people around the world have been repeating, that a lot of the uh, liberating music, a lot of the speeches and interviews that are resurfacing from back, we say back in the day for my generation, back in the 60s, back in the 70s, even the 50s are still being relevant for today, so from your generation and a perspective from someone who comes from that movement of uh, Black Panthers, uh, marches, uh, rallies, um, major voices taking on or taking a stand against or a stand for, how do you feel uh, from your perspective growing up in the 60s and the 70s of songs like Imagine from the 70s. We played Michael Jackson back in the 80s, but older songs still having such a strong message and stronghold for today. Well, it's bittersweet. That's a good question. It's bittersweet because of the fact is, is that when those songs was written back then, of course, I'm sure the writers and, and everyone that was on the team, even those who are singing it, wanted to make sure that their music lives. But in fact, that the message, I'm sure they wanted that to die. They wanted to make that accomplished. They wanted to accomplish mm-hmm. something through their words. So, but yet and still we find it that we have reversed the time, that we're still living back in the marches with Dr. King. They're right now, they're preparing for the million uh, or two million persons march on Washington, uh, August the 28th. And so we did that. We saw that with Dr. King. And then with myself living in the 60s and also uh, interning in Washington, D.C. in the Obama era for the first black president, is that we have to go back into those musics because the things are still happening today. Mm-hmm. We're talking about we we were talking about the lynching, and now they're saying that even with George Floyd, that was a street lynching. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't have the noose, but you had the result. The end result was the same. And so mm-hmm. we're still finding ourselves going back to that music. And, and one of the things is that throughout the generations, from there to from the '60s until now, the music changed up somewhat. And not in just a, uh, a derogatory way to the most part, because I really feel that you can find good in everything, even if, it, if it's sprinkled with a little vulgarity, you still can find some good because that's the pain and how people kind of work out their pain and voice their, their displeasures or even pleasures. But uh-huh. 
I feel that back then it said they had that, that whole thing that we're going to stand. We're going to stand. And, and after Dr. King, there was not a leader kind of coming up until Obama. We have our certain leaders in our communities and some great people doing some things, especially in our black communities. But one that will stand on the rock and say, hey, I'm leading forward, we didn't have that. So we had with the other songs and the rap songs, and they came out, hey, hitting it like they were just upset. Once we're still doing this in our neighborhood. And that what the parents and grandparents was telling them, they were like, no, nah, I can't even see that. And now they see that. They're, uh-huh. they're voice, voice, boisterous. They're coming out with their rap. But they still have to go back. A lot of people call it retro music. But they uh-huh. still have to go back and take a snippet or even a song and say, uh, I don't own the rights to this song, but I need to play this song because this song still fitting. So it's bittersweet that we still got to play these songs, but yet and still we enjoy them at the same time. Truth, truth. I mean, there are plenty of songs, you know, growing up for me that I remember you playing uh, growing up, listening to good R&B music, even jazz, um, mm-hmm. of course, gospel music, and and those type of things shaped our my perspective. Um, and I'm I'm not just speaking for me, but for my generation and those of us who were exposed to that type of music, an appreciation for what is now called mm-hmm. retro music, um, to where mm-hmm. it is missed. Um, Yet it's not just the music, but also the message that we connect yeah, exactly. to. So on today's message, we're discussing hope in the black community. You are the founder, CEO, the backbone, the head, the neck, the legs, the feet, the tail, the toes. Uh, to Come the on, Dome of Hope. <laughs> <laughs> the Dome of Hope. Girl, I couldn't even switch up those hats. I need an octopus because I'm wearing all these different hats. Right. So share with our listeners just a brief introduction for those who don't know about the Dome of Hope, who the Dome of Hope is, what the Dome of Hope is about. Please share with the listeners now um, how the Dome of Hope got started and what's the mission of the Dome of Hope in the community. Great, great. Thank you, too, for this opportunity, Ms. J, in order to uh, uh, let a lot of, inform a lot of uh, listeners on what we're doing, who I am, not just your mom, and, and standing in, in the shadows of Ms. J. But we are doing some, we are doing some things in Stockton and all over the, the nation. The Dome of Hope, we started the Dome of Hope with my mom, who is deceased, and my sister, who still lives. And we were thinking about because I had resigned from the police department to care for my mom, and I still wanted to do some things in the community because my mom was a, good, a big advocate in the community. Helping people was just in her DNA. And then we were so broad. We were so broad. So she was saying, well, we need to do something. And she's and she she's from the South. She's from Texas. So her words come out different than than other folks sometimes. And she would say, We need to 
help somebody. She was saying help, but she mm-hmm. said we need to help. We need to help. You gotta hope, hope them out. <laughs> yeah, we gotta hope them out. And so, but now I think I said, you know, that was something there too. That's a different story. But she said we need to hope them out. We need to help somebody. And so, and my sister said, I say, huh? And my sister said, we need something because she's an, an avid basketball player. I mean, what basketball? Fan, and she said, well, you need something like the Georgia Dome. You need something big like the Georgia Dome. So I just put, took Hope and Dome and put them together and made Dome of Hope. And that became our history, our start. That was the catalyst of the Dome of Hope. But the Dome of Hope supplies the need. And what we do is we teach independence, because some people don't know how to be independent. They think that if they pay their bills, they're independent. <laughs> and it's far more than that. So we teach independence and self-sustainability through the acronym of ETTA, E-T-T-A, paying homage to my mom, whose name was Etta May Ford, E-T-T-A. So our acronym for our foundational pillars are education, technology, trade, and arts. We think that that is a cohesive balance in order to succeed and to be self-sustainable and dependent on yourself. So we see that in our community, and we're not just for black, we're for anybody that needs help and hope. So, but we concentrate in the black communities because we need it a little bit more so in that community. So that's what we do. We integrate education uh, with the arts. Uh, we help uh, people stay on the job through our, our training programs, the trade. A lot of people know how to find a job, but they don't know how to stay on the job. Mm-hmm. So we don't just do resume building. We help you stay on the job. And we go with you. We go with you. We don't just send you out. We go with you. We even interview uh, prospective employers before you get there to make sure that you are set up for success and that they understand and we create the cultural competence. We don't teach it. We create it. And so, therefore, it's learned on both sides. And so that's one of the things that we do here at the Dome of Hope where we get them to work here first, then go out. If they can't show up on time here and come back after one check, well, we know they're not going to be successful in the workforce. And in our technology, we go from the simplicity of basic instructions of learning how to turn on the computer for grandma all the way to a competitive uh, learning cycle in uh, the work world of work. Because in Stockton, we have a lot of different warehouses like Amazon and everybody coming to Stockton, but a lot of people are, are, are ill-equipped. They don't know how to read. They don't know uh-huh. how to uh, 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 function with the technology, the advanced technology. We have in Silicon Valley and in the Valley here, they, uh, we have Tesla that has employs a lot of people in our community, but a lot of people don't know how to even 
work the machines, but not even just simplest as that because we do everyday uh, uh, operations, and that's even how to go to the store. Walmart is changing out along with other stores from uh, uh, having personal baggers and checkers to self-checking. And a lot Uh of people don't know how to just simply scan. And God forbid, if you got fruits and vegetables and you got to weigh it, they don't know how to do that. So they they don't don't even see Walmart. Yeah, they don't even stand. They don't even stand in the line. There you find, and mainly a lot of seniors too. And you find this long line of people at those last two little checkers, and you have twenty self checks, and they're open. And the reason then is that they don't know how to measure a way they through and vegetable. And a lot of people are really too proud to ask. And so we we break that. We break that because the Dome of Hope is derivative of a lot of things that I went through as a high school dropout. I couldn't read, couldn't write, and I had to work my way all the way up through school. And then the things I come from, I'm 14 of 14 children from a single parent living in the hood. And, and, and I thought that was my reality. Didn't even know a lot of different things until I went to college. And so I'm trying to show them, okay, it is better. And sometimes you have to take the leader out of, from amongst the people. And you can't really lead if you ain't never really been there. That's true. That's true. Thank you, everyone who is tuning in this morning. We are live right now with Gwendolyn Daly founder, CEO of the Dome of Hope organization, talking today about hope in the black community. With Liberty, Just Us for All series is on and popping this morning. I'm going to get right back into more. I know. I know we got people that are hitting me up on Facebook in my inbox. Who is this? This is Gwendolyn Daly, my mom. Uh, on Ms. J in the morning. We have so much more show to come. Make sure you let everybody know to tune in. You can tune in and listen. You can call in to listen uh, to the studio, 515-605-9320, 515-605-9320. We are streaming on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes Podcast, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, a Stitcher Smart Radio, also Himalaya Radio, anywhere you want to get your podcast, download the app and follow Pumps Radio. We're going to get into some music, and right after this, we have the first sip coming up. The first sip with Gwendolyn Daly is coming up right after this. Wakey, wakey, it's breakfast time. Morning is upon us. It's Miss J in the morning. In the morning. In the morning.
then you hear them falling. It's Tasha Cobbs break every chain right here on Ms. J in the morning. Good morning to everyone who is just tuning in. We are live worldwide right now on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes Podcast, Apple Podcast, the TuneIn app. Let's not forget about the TuneIn app. We're also live on Himalaya Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, just Anywhere you want to stream your podcast, make sure to download the app and follow Pump Radio, P-U-M-P-S. Shout out to all the women of Pump. Today we have one special guest. Not only is she the founder and CEO of the Dome of Hope organization, Ms. Gwendolyn Daly is also my mother and also an elder sister for Pump's organization. Uh, right now, it's time for the first sip. Those of you who are new to the show, it's our opportunity to say cheers to ourselves. Say cheers to you, cheers to me, cheers to us, cheers to a new day. Now, those of you who are not new to the show, you know the best part of Ms. J waking up is coffee in my cup, honey. But this is a judgment-free zone. There's no judgment. You might have tea in your cup. You might have water, a smoothie, juice, milk. I don't know. Maybe it's happy hour where you are and you got a little libation. It's okay as long as you're drinking responsibly. So at this moment, Ms. Gwendolyn Daly is going to join us for the first sip on today, bringing hope, discussing hope, pushing hope, supporting hope in the black community Sponsoring the Dome of Hope, sponsoring today's first sip. Uh, Mom, what do you have in your cup this morning? Girl, I got me some good folders in my cup. <laughs> and I'm ready for it. It's black and strong. Honey. Black. Since we're talking, so since we're talking about black and uh, hope in the black community, I got it black, strong, and sweet. And I, all right. I'm all prop, ready for it. Lips all drooling. What? Ready for this, this first cup, a first sip. <laughs> come on. So to come everyone, on. everyone around the world who is listening, at this time we raise our cups to say cheers and salute. Cheers. To making it to a new day. To making it through mm. another night. Despite it all, in spite of it all, still holding on to hope. So, cheers to you and salute. Let's take our first sip together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, wait, I'm going oh. for another one, another one, another one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yes, that's how we get the show going. Keep it going with the first yes, sip. Congratulations yes. and thank you to everyone. Now, we're mm-hmm. continuing this conversation about the Dome of Hope organization, and right before Break Every Chain, we were discussing or you were discussing and sharing your experiences growing up and how they influenced not only your passions but your mission for the Dome of Hope organization. How can our listeners get more information and get involved with the Dome of Hope uh, in their community? They can visit our website at 
dot dome, D-O-M-E, of hope.org. And on our link, there is a section where it says, if you're interested in learning more about the dome, you can uh, um, insert your email. And we also have a chat box. If you have any questions, we will normally do a turnaround time within 24 hours. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to the Dome, and we can hit you in your inbox each time we have anything coming up, any activities. And right now, what we're doing is we're having, we have launched on Mother's Day, we launched a $3 million campaign for hope. And so those of you that want to donate to the Dome of Hope, we are a 501c3. What that means is your donation dollars are tax deductible up to 50% through the IRS. So we're here right before uh, the fiscal year end. Those of you that that need a write-off or want to help out, the Dome of Hope is one of the best organizations you can donate to because you know that your dollars are going right to the community and used for the purposes intended. So go there, help us out. We're building and we're sustaining uh, people in the community, uh, the Dumb Club organization itself, because we're teaching independence and we want to be independent as well. So every dollar counts. Every dollar counts. Every dollar counts. All you got to do is log on, see that big old gold button, and hit it and fill out the information. Donate. Once again, give the uh, the website for our listeners. It's www.domeofhope.org. Domeofhope.org. Dot org, dot O-R-G. Uh, I'll be sharing that on my social media, so make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you guys want to know how to connect with me online, you know the only link you need is my link tree, underscore, underscore, Empress J, serving you as the dream doula. Make sure you do so quickly while I'm live. I'm posting uh announcements, sharing, reinforcing information on there. So continuing the interview, continuing talking about hope in the black community, you started sharing that your passions and the mission of the Dome of Hope uh, are fueled by your own personal experiences in your community. So as a black woman, um, you were a single mom, Uh, You're coming up, like you said, the baby of 14, um, working through challenges in high school and um, a lot of adversity. How do you deal with or what messages do you share with people who are experiencing the exact same things you experienced in your community? I, I share not only hope, not only hope, because a lot of people don't understand hope. Because what does that mean? So I share mm. my roadmap. What did I do to get out? And I make my, my story, I tell my story organically to where I don't just talk my degrees and speak from a collegiate point of view, 
but I speak to a point of view of people who I'm talking to where they can understand that real-life message. A lot of people don't have time to just sit and listen to, oh, what you did, what this, and this, and that. They want to know, how, does, how do I get out of where I'm at? If you're going to education and you, you only have a GED, I can tell you, hey, I had a GED. I couldn't hardly read or write, but now I'm a doctoral student. Some parents, they, they have children who never went to college. I can tell you, hey, my child went to, to Spelman College. I didn't even have money to send her there. Then I can show them how to do that. I can show you how to transfer out of a community college into a university of your choice not because this is something as an alternative for even finding a job and staying on a job and going through things that you haven't, haven't had to deal with, even racism, even on the job, even institutional racism. But one of the things it is is that when you go into your community, I think that I really feel that God has given me an opportunity and a gift to recognize different things of even, I was a sociology major. Let me go back just to hit it on a, on a point where you'll know where I'm coming to. Because everybody was born with something, the purpose. Mm-hmm. And I was a sociology major, so it opened my eyes to the fact is I learned how to recognize where I am and who I am through my classes, really, through my classes. And then it connected me through everybody else that was around me that was was feeding me with good food and good purpose and knowledge. Then I was able to understand it because we're, our, our communities are valuable resources. Although they look like slums, although they look, look like ghettos, but they're still valuable resources. Why? Because our, our, our um, not, uh, uh, ethnicity are one of the higher group of people who, who feeds in and buy and purchase the consumer. Because we're going to buy those Jordans. We're going to buy that hair. We're going to buy those high, high name brand things. We're going to do that. And, and it's unfortunate in some ways because we buy in the different areas that doesn't give back to our communities. So that's when they talk about gentrification and coming into the lower income, socioeconomic uh, communities because it's rich. It's a rich, and we have to learn how, how our resources are just being diluted not to help us, but to help and benefit somebody else. People usually get up and leave out. But other folks with who are affluent in different things, they come back because we don't understand the value not only of our communities and of our persons, but just who we are in our families. Uh-huh. We, have, we are rich. And therefore, for me, I try to let you know, okay, this is what's happening in your community. This is what we can do. Because a lot of people don't need to know, oh, this oh, this is bad, this is bad, and showing a highlight and all the negative. But we have to have a structure and you have to have a plan. And so it's just like I like to say, I like to find water in the well and point you to that direction. And everybody is not going to get it. Everybody is not going to come. 
But I, if you are equipped with everything that you need or the majority of the things that you need, you can make better decisions. And True. some people just don't know the resources they have. Even mm-hmm. if you write it out, it's on our website. But if you can't read, how do you do that? And a lot of it is not just on the person. We're dealing with systemic issues, structural issues that deter people and and just really kind of disenfranchise them from even going forward, moving forward, because poverty, poverty pays well to other folks other than us. And so yeah. we have we have a foundation here and not throwing any shade, but it's re eventing Stockton. Ramsey. And I get what they're saying. And in some instances they're doing a lot of work. But instead of reinventing one, I don't feel like you can reinvent a person. You can reform and transform, but because the city is the people, but because you can only reinvent things, but you have to reinvest in your community. Mm-hmm. You have to reinvest, and sometimes the resource is you. You're the resource. You don't have to go out of your community to find, get other people to come in, then acclimate them into what you've been doing all your life. You're the resource. And sometimes you need that person to just show you just the simplest thing, like, Huh, you're the resource. It's not uh, uh, Obama. It's you. It's a lot of things you can do. Because if you get your, your mindset, that's why I like Tasha Cox would break every chain. Because you break that chain in your mind. Uh-huh. In your mind. When I went and I got my, three weeks before I got my degree, my BA, I had a stroke. And the doctor told me that it was going to take me Six months to come back to school, but I had to graduate in three weeks. I was, I went back to my my whole origins of life, and I was talking to the Lord, giving it back. I was trying to rub out a stroke out of my face, was twisted, and I said, Lord, you said that you are healer, Jehovah uh-huh. Rapha. I know you're not going to let me down. I know you didn't bring me this far just to leave me. I was 50 years old. I was 48 years old before I even wore a cap and gown. And I was 50 years old when I came in and was getting my BA degree from uh, University of the Pacific. And three weeks prior to all that work of being homeless and struggling and everything else, and I had a stroke, oh, and that wasn't happening. It took me five days to come back. Five days, and I went to my teacher, my uh, professors, and I told them, give me everything that I missed. Now, they did that because I didn't want a sympathy graduation, a sympathy sympathy diploma. They gave Uh me everything. Now, after they gave it to me, girl, I said, man, I should have just took the sympathy (laughs) diploma. (laughs) But, But they gave it to me, and I did it. And I walked that stage, and I graduated. I earned my degree. I earned it. And that's why I was telling him, I, I, I try to debunk all the stereotypical images and ideologies that's in our, our head that I can't. I can't. Oh, I'm black. I can't. 
I'm fat. I can't. I'm old. I can't. I'm a woman. I can't. I'm I'm poor. I can't. I'm homeless. I can't. I'm disabled. I can't. I break all that. I break all of that. And that's why I I break every chain. And when she said, oh, I I hear the chains falling. When I walked on that stage and they called my name, I I heard that chain falling. I Uh heard it. I broke it. I said, yes, I can do it. And you got to take that first step. You got to take it. Take it. Ain't nobody going to give you nothing. Take it. Because it's yours. Everybody have an opportunity. Everybody have an opportunity. Sometimes it's covered in a lot of shit, but you got to still go and get it. Sometimes you got to walk through shit in order to get it. Walk through is yours. But when it's you come yours. up, when you come up, it's just like fertilizer. When you come up, you smell the roses. Now let me have another sip. <laughs> Truth speaking, just the way that it should be this morning on Miss J in the morning with Gwendolyn Daly founder, CEO of the Dome of Hope organization, discussing hope in the black community. Not only is she the founder and CEO of the Dome of Hope, she is my mother, and we are live right now with Liberty and Just Us for All. This series this month, Freedom for Black Voices, speaking of hope in the black community, take it. It's yours. We got more show to come, y'all. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Slipping away, calling me down. 
is Marquila Walker telling you to stay tuned to Miss J, Miss J, Miss J in the morning. Wakey, wakey, it's breakfast time. Morning is upon us. It's Miss J in the morning, in the morning, in the morning. What up, everybody? It's your boy, DJ Maestro One, and I'm listening to my home girl, Miss J, in the morning. It's Miss J in the morning. Good morning, good morning to everyone who is tuning in. Shout out to Mark Halen Walker. Shout out to DJ Maestro One. Go, DJ. That's my DJ. Good morning to everyone who is tuned in. This series is on Fire! Walter Hawkins, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. Special guest today, Ms. Gwendolyn Daly, CEO, founder of the Dome of Hope organization. Not only is she the founder and CEO of an amazing organization, making hope a reality globally, she is also my mom. Talking about hope in the black community with liberty, just us for all, freedom for black voices the entire month of June. I'm excited for all of you guys who are tuning in, giving us a shot that shout out. Uh now it's time for the Ms. J area code check-in. Those of you who are listening and new to the show and you don't know what this moment means, this moment means you get an opportunity to rep your city. So call into the studio right now. Tell everybody in your area to call in. 515-605-9320. If you're listening online and you want to rep your city, send your area code to my social media. Go ahead, slide in my DMs. It's okay. Go ahead, put your area code in real quick. I see those of you who are calling in again right now. It's 515-605-9320. The switchboards is lighting up, and I love it. I love it. I love it. It's an opportunity for you to rep your city, an opportunity for me to say thank you and to make you laugh. Yeah. Yeah, y'all know this past week, I finally released the official area code check-in song. It didn't go too well, because y'all know I never get it right. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay to take a moment to laugh. It's okay to take a moment to release. It's okay to take a moment to laugh at yourself and not take life too seriously all the time. So, So, you know, loosen up that face, you know, get a little... Tighten it up, get a little smile, get a little release, you know. Uh, Studies have shown that laughing and smiling actually releases healthy endorphins to reduce stress, to actually tighten your neck and your face so it's a natural face lift. Um, And it's good for your body. It's good for you to laugh. So we're going to get right into it. The Miss J Area Code check-in is now. Hey, 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 hey. Everybody in the 
daughter who is six. So when uh-huh. I asked her, what do your dad do? She said, he changed the world. Just to have yeah. that mindset because kids are coming here in this world a lot wiser, too, than we were in the 60s because we didn't have all the social media. Uh-huh. We, didn't, we didn't have all of this. So to have the young people rallying here, even in Stockton, even on my street, because I live on one of the main streets here in Stockton on center, and to see them hundreds, I am so proud. So what we have to do is encourage them to not be uh, violent and to kind of suppress a lot of that anger in that non-productive uh, um, way, in destructive way, to uh, give them something, uh, a little guidance on, okay, we can organize and help you and support you in doing something that's effective, not to loot or to fight or to give uh, play to a lot of the different negativity, but this is what we need in order to evoke change and not just change, but a paradigm shift. And change uh-huh. and shifting is totally different. And so just, you don't want something just to change. Oh, okay, that's a change because that's temporary. But when it's shifting like his death was a shift because he felt it all around the world. And not only his death, but everything of all the injustices that's been happening, it just came to a boil. And uh-huh. so because there's a lot of people out there that don't get the the illumination of the media, but they have their families have experienced that loss. But the one that lost, but the ones that who has like George Ford, these young people have galvanized. And one of the things too that's totally different is because we have a lot of interracial uh, relationships and marriages. There's not just one pure race, unless you send the human race. But a lot of people have friends and family members who are biracial and interconnected that builds that stronger. So I am so happy because when you look out over the news and look out just simply on your street and see some of the protests and involved in it, it's a lot of non-African Americans that are leading the protests as well because we have to realize that as a human being, just what is right is just right, no matter what color you are. And for them to stand in solidarity and for the young people to, I, 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 I'm so excited and so happy about it because that gives us hope. And even in the black community, because uh-huh. they're standing up and shining a light that this is not right. This is not right. So one of the things that we have to do as elders is encourage, support, and get out of the way. That's a good one. Encourage, support, and get out of the way. (laughs) Good morning to everyone who is tuning in. It's Ms. J in the morning. You have locked yourself into one of the best morning shows in the world. We are live right now with Gwendolyn Daly, founder and CEO of the Dome of Hope, this is the With Liberty, Just Us for All, Freedom for Black Voices series, and today we're discussing hope 
in the black community. Support, encourage, and get out of the way of young people who are on fire and passionate about standing against uh, injustices, police brutality, what's just not effective uh, or ineffective, and what's not right right now, not only in America but around the world, and also those who were standing to support what is right and what is working. So with the Dome of Hope and everything that you are offering in the community, uh, how is the community helping or how can the community continue to help and support the Dome of Hope? Financially. Financially, we need mm-hmm. the money. We need the money because uh, in all protesting and all things that are of, of good, it's going to take some funding. It's going mm-hmm. to take some funding in raising these funds. So even we need the, the funding. That's what we can do. It doesn't matter how much because if everybody do a little bit, we don't have, everybody don't have to do, all of us don't have to do a lot. So we, we have to do whatever we can do to support the Dumbafog so we can support you. So funding, getting the word out, letting people know that the Dumbafog exists. And so just, and I thank you, Ms. J, for even allowing me this platform because this is one of, one of the ways that we can get the word out with the Dumb of Hope. Join our, our team and support us on our $3 million campaign for hope and just funding, funding. And that's the main thing because if we get the funding, we can continue to do the work. And we can continue to support those who are on the battlefield and getting them prepared and equipped, prepared and equipped to go out and do much, much more, prepared and and equipped to teach them, okay, just even who's on top. A lot of people know, uh, even in the political realm, they know the president and they might know their mayor, but they don't know their senator, their assembly person. But just even to know that, you have to be equipped. You can't just run out there and hold a sign. You have to know what you're standing for. True. And have some structure. So, yeah. Major truth. Major truth. You have to know your why, have structure. Um, I did a live on yesterday, those of you who missed it, on Facebook and Instagram. It's still posted on IGTV, also my Facebook videos. Make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, discussing the very thing there, knowing why you're out there, understanding your position, the hierarchy in local government, uh, not just federal and state government, and also where and how to support. So we're going to get into some more music. we got some more show coming up, you guys. And when we come back from this break, we're going to discuss some more about how you can help fund organizations, the Dome of Hope organization, in continuing to add hope, making hope a reality in the black community. You do not want to miss another opportunity to allow your voice to be heard. We'll be right back after this. What it do? This is Matt, rep in Harlem. And you're listening to Miss J in the morning. Let's get lifted.
One Love, the original Bob Marley right here on Ms. J in the morning. If you know anything about Bob Marley, uh, that would be one of the top songs you can identify with coming together in such a time as this, uh, giving thanks, being grateful, coming together as one human race, one love, one person, one organization we are highlighting today, Gwendolyn Daly founder, CEO of the Dome of Hope organization this series, the entire month of June, with Liberty Just Us for All, Freedom for Black Voices, speaking of hope in the black community, speaking for hope in the black community, speaking with hope in the black community right before that song we discussed how you yes you the listener can support the dome of hope in your community logging on to their website www.dome d-o-m-e of o-f hope h-o-p-e dome of hope.org o-r-g the link is on my facebook on my social media make sure to find me facebook instagram and twitter and find out ways how you can volunteer how you can donate, and great ways to help finance. Now, the Dome of Hope has a campaign uh, going on right now to raise $3 million, uh, which is extremely easy when you have organizations that are raising much, much, much more across the nation to continue to give hope not only in the black communities, but in the communities that have been impoverished, uh, ignored, and disregarded. Uh, We want to continue in that vein to talk about not only leadership in your home, but civic leadership, connecting with organizations like the Dome of Hope and making sure that your voice is being heard in an effective way. Absolutely correct. Without the funding, without the partnership, how can we as a people continue to move forward? I highlighted it yesterday in the live feed that not only do we need to continue to voice our distrust and and our ill thoughts against, you know, our presidential cabinet right now and everything that is going on on a federal and even state level, but calling those leaders, uh, holding them accountable, calling them out, making sure that your local NAACP or NAACP is continuing to use the funding that they're given to have contracts with these organizations, making sure that the black chambers are uh, patroning or patronizing uh, black entrepreneurs, black uh, business owners, making sure that those contracts are being fulfilled and that the funding is being dispersed equally um, with organizations in the black community, not just the popular ones and the ones that everybody knows, but the ones that have proven to do the work. Gwendolyn Daly, founder and CEO of the Dome of Hope organization, is one leader who has proven to do the work, not just because she's my mom and I know it, but because it is evident. So as we're wrapping up the show, I want you to continue, Mom, to share um, how people can fund or assist in the funding and what the funding will do for organizations like the Dome of Hope and for the programs that you're offering in the community. Great. That's great. Uh, just not to hold you and just to make this point, one is that we have to reclaim our culture. And in reclaiming our culture, it's going, hope it's going, it's not free. It's going to cost you something. You got to be willing to uh, put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. We can march all day long, but in order to uh, 
uh, alleviate a lot of the, the stress and the disparities in our community, we have to be for us. We have to do it for ourselves. And we don't have to wait for the trickle-down economy to come to us, or we don't have to wait for us to receive the stimulus to stimulate our, our neighbor, neighborhoods. We can do that. And it doesn't take that much. So one is to be willing to donate, like go back to our website and donate there. The money that we collect, we give, it goes to our uh, education department. We give over, we have already given over $5,000 in scholarships. And we're a small organization. We give scholarships. We even aid with the parents and help them, not only just the student, but the parents too. We give into our community. We provide food. We provide clothing, even with the training and helping people come, even with the digital and distance learning. A lot of schools are out, and they transferred over to transition over to digital and distance learning, but a lot of kids don't even know how to even log on to the computers that they were given by their, their school districts. And, and ma uh -huh. many institutions just think, oh, well, you got the computer, now use it. But we have a lot of kids who are disadvantaged and special needs that just don't know. We have a lot of uh, non-traditional students who need note takers, and they need that face-to-face -to, -face to help them. They're left behind. We need it for computers so that we can teach our own people. Mm -hmm. Going out in, in, in marching is great, but if you're not willing to donate and to really help, then you, we, we're, we're, our hands are tied. That redistribution of wealth don't just have to come from the government. It can come just from your house to our house and back to your community. And that's what we have to do is that when you look, well, you're looking for hope, you're looking for help, you have to be willing to give. Because then once you give, you're making an investment in your own advancement. And you're taking that accountability and responsibility. So it's something that you gave. But if something is always for free, you're not going to really appreciate that. True. But if you give in and you're saying, well, the, the white people this, the white people that, in every ethnicity that I see, they're taking care of their own. But in the black community, we're looking for other people to take care of us and give us. What we feel is ours. No, well, what, we have what, to give. Why do you think that is? Why do you, from your perspective, why do you think that in the black community, and I'm saying I agree with you, um, but just uh, inquiring and poking at your perspective, why do you think that in the black community uh, the common um, implication is that we must go out to other races, other cultures to get help versus helping within our own or receiving help within our own uh, race or culture? We were, uh, we were taught to be divided. We were pitted mm -hmm. against each other. 
Then we we were uh, uh, and we have a structure that was set up to uh, to divide us and make us feel less than and to make us become dependent. We not even just on uh, drugs and alcohol. That's all totally different things because we have a, a liquor store on every corner. Even uh-huh. in the churches sometimes, uh, that even with the religion, to keep us uh, dependent as well. But also even the just systematic and institutional structures that say, okay, you need to be on welfare. You need to be uh, on SSI to keep you at that limited amount of money, even with Section 8. We have some people that on Section 8 that don't want to get off because of low rent, not thinking that if you get a a higher uh, paying job, it averages out the same. So that's the whole point that I'm saying is that we have things set up to keep us at a lower and a disadvantage. And when I talk about reclaiming our culture, we come from royalty. We come from wealth. We come, it was, we weren't just poor, oh, it's the slaves and we were poor. Even through all of that, we weren't just homeowners, we were landowners. We were, uh-huh. entrepreneur is not a, a, a new word. But we were business owners. We create things. Look down in our lineage and see all the things that we use now that was created and built by black people. We have forgotten that because we were literally, literally, psychologically just put in a position of dependency to Uh where now everything else to become um, independent looked foreign to us. That, oh, we have to see Tyler Perry. We, no, you can do this. You can uh-huh. do that. So that is the whole support. We're, we were always helping each other. Black Panthers and everybody, we, we took care of our own. And once that we see that we're going to take care of our own and the world see that, then you come in with these different um, uh, structures to pull you back, to control you so that you can't own your own television uh, uh, studio. You can't own your TV uh, uh, studio or they're blocking it on every hand. You know, uh-huh. so the Bill Cosby's and, and, and all of the different people that Byron Allen's and different things like that. Because they know that once we come to the realization of reclaiming what is ours and investing in ourselves, then they know that that's power. When you combine knowledge and wealth, you have a, it, it's, it's, it's unbreakable. And that's why they want to keep us divided. And we play into it. So if they keep us inebriated and make it look real good to have all the alcohol in your community, that is good with the 40 ounces, and that's good, and, and even the unhealthy foods, and, and make it for a dollar, or make make the two eleven or two whatever they drink uh, for uh, uh, two fifty, where you can afford it on your income. No, we're gonna stay divided. 
So True. that's what I'm saying. If once we come together and that we don't we break all the animosity and we're talking about oppression and and different things in our neighborhood, we we're giving the police the the uh the red light, I mean the green light to say it's okay to do these things because we do it to ourselves. We do it sure. to ourselves. Black on black crime. We don't have no type of respect for ourselves. We're fighting and people taking videos of women fighting and going after each other and men calling each other women bees and we call them it all that in the N word because we don't carry ourselves. We don't care for ourselves. So for someone to put their, their knee on your neck and stand there and sit there and know that you're being recorded and have their hand in their pocket like what? Because they see that all the time with us. We don't want to be educated. We don't want to do nothing. We want to walk around with a bag on our head, our pants sagging down. We don't have that, that hope in ourselves. So why should they care? So we, like I said before in my last point, we have so much value to us. And it's, and it's evident because of the fact is that's why everybody is making billions of dollars off of us and in our community. They don't care because they know you're going to come get your nails done. They know you're going to go and pay for your hair. They know that you're going to go to that liquor store. But the money is not being redistributed into your neighborhood. It's going outward. They know you're going to go stop and get this off this food truck. But you don't have the black people that want to go and patronize their own. Patronize their own. There's something wrong with it. Or can I get a hookup? Absolutely. And And that's not good. You truly did touch on something about the education of the culture and understanding, you know, what we have and knowing exactly how much power we truly have. Um, listening to people like Dr. Boyce Watkins or Dr. Umar, um, even Dr. Cornell West and a lot of um, the pro-black um, advocates, um, education is really, really key um, in our community. Uh, one fact that it stuns me that a lot of people don't know, even the WIC program, the Women, Children, and um, Women, mm-hmm. Infants, and Children food vouchers, was started and founded mm-hmm. by the Black Panther Party in the Bay mm-hmm. Area of California. And a lot of people don't mm-hmm. know that um, and feel as if, you know, uh, Black America hasn't contributed to, you know, the wealth and the health of America uh, when, like you said, a lot of the inventions, um, a lot of community programs, a lot of things that are thriving and that are federally funded for others that our communities are being told that if we are part of it, we're being lazy or, you know, we're the reason why the community is down, really uh, ignoring the fact that if it wasn't for us, the Black Party movement, uh, Black advocates, black people in legislation, um, and doing what we're doing now, we wouldn't have these things. Uh, So you're absolutely right that the education uh, is key and the foundation in understanding our own value, understanding where we come from, understanding the power that we truly have. And I believe with that, we can re-inject and reinvest hope 
in the black community. Those of you who are listening today, make sure to log on to domeofhope.org. It's on my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at this moment. Make sure to connect with Gwendolyn Daly, CEO and founder. And before we end today's show, uh, my mom, Gwendolyn Daly, I want you to take the last few minutes uh, before we end the show to give a word of hope to those who are listening, whether in the black community or not, um, on what we can do now uh, in order to help support those who are fighting the good fight, like yourself. Thank you, thank you. What I want to, the last comment that I want to make is that we have to stick together. Mm-hmm. And that, yes, we do know that Black Lives Matter also. Not just only Black Lives Matter, but it matters to also, it matters as well as any other life. And we can't take that for granted. And how we can help is stick together. Absolutely. And stand together. We have to do that. And if, in fact, if you can give water to those who are standing on the line, give water. Uh-huh. If, if you can uh, donate anything to any other nonprofit, do that. And then also, too, is to visit those nonprofits and make sure, make sure that your dollar is going where it's intended. Not because it's somebody who you like, but it's somebody that's having a greater outcome as well. Because outreach is always going to be more efficient than uh, out, uh, I mean, outcome is going to be more efficient than outreach. You need them both, but it's the outcome that's going to be And it has to be the positive outcome. And the last point, hold those accountable. Just because they're black, you don't have to disagree. Absolutely. Hold them accountable. Hold them accountable. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. But sometimes you got to pull on their coattail and say, hey, brother, let's, let me talk to you a little bit. Look and see how we can balance out things that we live in a city where we have the first black mayor and have a, have a black uh, 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 city manager, but there's not hardly any blacks working in city hall or in the cabinet. There's a problem. How can you stand in solidarity and you're not hiring? Uh-huh. You're on. It takes that first step and not because, and don't say, oh, it doesn't look good. Because it doesn't look good when my grandson, my little black grandson, can go into a city hall and don't see himself. Uh-huh. So the hope is, is to stay connected and keep fighting the good fight, keep standing up, and that it is going to get better. It's going to get better. That one of the songs that I love is Trouble Don't Last Always. Absolutely. It's going to get better. It's definitely going to get better. I'm thankful for you coming on the show today. I'm thankful for all of you tuning in. The Dome of Hope organization is not just a California organization. It's a global organization making hope a reality worldwide. www.domeofhope.org. 
org. Thank you again, Mom, Ms. Gwendolyn Daly, CEO and founder, um, talking today on hope in the black community, talking for hope in the black community, talking with hope in the black community. It is the end of the show. I am so thankful again. And like she said, trouble don't last always. Make sure you guys tune in on tomorrow. Again, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 a.m. Eastern. It's been more than a pleasure. Uh, Thank you again, and I'll talk to you in the morning.